G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As we do on a Monday, good to catch up on the latest issues that are shaping the nation and uh, certainly getting into the political agenda as things are unfolding through the week ahead. Dan Flynn is the Victorian State Director of the Australian Christian Lobby. Dan, a special welcome back to 2020. Thanks very much, Neil. Great to be with you. Dan, undoubtedly these issues of freedom are going to be on our radar, especially coming into uh, the return of Parliament uh, early July. Uh, But parallel to that, the big freedom issue, of course, is still this story that bubbles along around Israel Folau. And uh, now, of course, he's going to be suing for unfair dismissal. Uh, this is a significant case to be watching, especially as our freedoms are going to be under debate. I think that's absolutely right, Neil. Um, you know, what Israel has done is he has expressed his faith, um, his religious belief. Uh, his employment's been terminated. Uh, he is now uh, suing in the Fair Work uh, Commission, saying that he's been discriminated against on the basis of his religious beliefs. So, um, you know, this is something that really, I think, uh, every Christian in the workplace will be watching. Um, Can somebody be dismissed from their workplace for their religious belief uh, or expressing it? And uh, if they can, uh, that's, um, uh, you know, a terrible impact on religious freedom. And uh, one I think that the members of parliament will be watching closely as well. Dan, uh, just tapping into your vast depth of understanding with the law here, knowing that your uh, career background has been as a barrister, uh, he's seeking, from what I understand, uh, the level of something like $10 million damages, uh, the loss of his contract, uh, future earnings impacted, uh, sponsorships involved. Uh, is this a sort of a reasonable thing that uh, that someone like Israel Folau might pursue and uh, with the risks uh, that, uh, you know, uh, rugby, Australian rugby uh, might well be bankrupted in all of this? What are your thoughts? Look, I think, uh, you know, we was on a $4 million contract. Uh, he's 30 years old. Um, and, uh, you know, so he's, he's just lost that outright, uh, the damage to his reputation, uh, the fact that his... Um, his skills aren't portable to any other football code uh, based on the ruling from Rugby Australia. So um, every door would be closed to him for alternative, um, you know, sporting rugby employment. Uh, so, um, you know, I think that um, that sort of claim is within the range that could be expected. Um, it's interesting, in legal terms, the burden of proof will be on Rugby Australia to prove that they have not terminated him unlawfully. Uh, so that's certainly to Israel's benefit. Um, but, you know, it, it, it seems wrong on the face of it that somebody can be terminated for expressing their religious views. Um, do people at work have to stay silent about their religious views? Um, and, um, you know, if in fact, uh, as some uh, are saying, you know, Rugby Australia terminated him because he's offended a sponsor, um, well, that may make uh, commercial, 
that may be understandable from a commercial sense, but it's not legal from an employment sense, or I would submit it's not legal. Uh, and these are the matters that the Fair Work Commission will be, um, you know, absorbed with for some time, and it will be, um, uh, it, it crystallises the issues, um, and um, uh, it's amazing that it, it should be through a footballer as sort of as honest and as straight as Israel Folau. Um, and I notice in you know, recent times, you know, recent sort of days, uh, people are, um, you know, attacking him a little in the media. Um, uh, personally, I've never seen that before in any of this commentary. Um, and, uh, you know, we certainly wish uh, Israel every uh, strength in his faith uh, and uh, that he's able to um, maintain a, a good witness throughout this, this uh, ordeal. Dan, just to personalise this for all of us listening right now, because as I understand the ramifications of this, really the freedoms of every worker in a workplace may actually be impacted by this particular case with Israel Folau. This is certainly, from a Christian's point of view, this is a battle worth fighting and one that really needs to be won because uh, if Christians can't express their own religious opinions in the workplace, uh, we've really lost our religious freedom. This is how important this case is. Yes, I think we've lost our capacity to witness at work uh, if this case succeeds. You know, the idea of salvation, uh, the idea of damnation, uh, the idea of heaven and hell are principle to you know principal elements of our faith, uh, and in witnessing to our faith, um, you know we are telling people the importance of accepting Jesus and and the consequences of not accepting Jesus. And these, um, uh, you know, we can't be asked to take out you know what may be uh, unpleasant elements of the gospel message. Uh, it's really the unpleasant consequences. Uh, of not accepting Jesus. So, yeah, in terms of witnessing, it's, it's, it's critical. Um, and I think um, what Israel has done is he has, um, in a sense, attacked the Pharisees of the day, those who would say that, um, um, you know, gay marriage is holy uh, and, um, uh, you know, that that is the new definition of righteousness. Um, he has, he has um, attacked that and he is feeling the brunt of that attack really on the establishment. Uh, so he's, um, uh, he's a young man who has um, poked the establishment in the eyes, as it were, uh, and, um, uh, you know, has, has faced huge consequences uh, for which he is now seeking a remedy. Uh, so this will be a very important case for, for everybody who calls Australia home. Well, Federal Parliament is back again early July and uh, this whole issue of religious freedom is likely to be quite a high priority. What are your thoughts for what is coming uh, when Parliament returns? I think it's going to be very interesting, Neil. I think we are seeing some um, very good messaging from the ALP opposition saying, well, you know, one of the sleeper issues, if you like, was that we didn't embrace people of faith the people of faith uh, did not have a home uh, in the ALP. Uh, so they seem to be um, softening their stance towards uh, people of faith, and that may create uh, a greater place for the government to uh, mould some religious freedom protections, uh, specifically for uh, freedom of speech, uh, for um, 
those who are not in employment relationships, uh, contractors, uh, performers, artists, those who seek to book venues. Um, and I can tell you, Neil, recently in the process of booking a venue here in Victoria, um, uh, the ACL was declined a venue uh, because um, uh, the the venue operator felt that um, uh, they didn't uh, think that the ACL's views were inclusive and they didn't um, uh, you know think that sin was something that should be repented of, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So um, we um, we still face those sorts of um, uh, detriments, um, and a religious freedom act uh, should enshrine those protections. Uh, to book a commercial venue, for example, uh, for a faith-based group uh, to speak about our faith. Well, every Christian organisation, every church, every parachurch organisation, every ministry that helps to uh, to uh, support people who are even doing it tough in the community, every one of those uh, is at risk if we lose religious freedom. And that's how important uh, the return of uh, the new parliament is going to be and uh, for that issue to actually uh, be uh, have a, an, an, an appropriate outcome. Uh, let's uh, quickly just turn our attention to your neck of the woods here for a moment, Dan, because uh, in Victoria, uh, we know that the legislation for the voluntary euthanasia passed almost a year ago, and we're almost at that uh, that time when it actually comes into effect and people will be voluntarily taking their own lives. Uh, June the 19th is the date uh, that that will begin to happen in Victoria. Uh, what are your impressions about how things are looking at this point? Uh, this is going to be a big deal, Neil. Um, at the moment, you know, euthanasia has generally been a case of crisis averted in Victoria uh, and in other states, may I say, where there's been multiple bills which have failed. Uh, so we've never actually seen it implemented except for a couple of years in the mid-1990s in the Northern Territory. Um, um, but apart from that aberration, we've never seen it uh, embraced by a state. Uh, so what we have here is um, a situation where people uh, you know, will be dying, will be assisted to die. Uh, that may be voluntary. It may be involuntary. We'll, we'll never know. We'll never know the impact of coercion or elder abuse on those who take their lives. Uh, we are concerned for many medical practitioners uh, who wish to conscientiously object from this, and it's not clear uh, just what protection they will have. Um, but... Uh, the nation, I think, will feel the impact of this, and I think it's something that other states ought to um, monitor before they consider embracing assisted suicide or euthanasia. Um, but certainly, I know a number of doctors who are very concerned about the commencement of this. Um, the people who uh, know, the people who are being asked to administer this, don't want to do it. Uh, and that's got to be a concern for the government. Um, who've been very hell-bent on pushing forward with this. Well, everyone denies that there will be what is called a slippery slope, but you've only got to look a little bit outside of our shores to those nations that actually do have voluntary euthanasia to know that that slippery slope comes fairly quickly. No doubt uh, it'll all start off uh, above board and there'll be some tight restrictions and regulations around these sorts of things, Dan, but uh, the slippery slope is something that I would imagine you would have to say is inevitable. What are your thoughts? Look, yes, absolutely. I think uh, the slippery slope can be a, a dangerous and unhelpful sort of argument, but the truth of the matter is this. Um, 
you've got a situation where um, we have something like 74 safeguards. Now, that tells you the 74 things that can go wrong. And these will just be treated as mere bureaucratic hurdles to be cleared. Um, and, you know, we, we think about, well, who is it who is, um, you know, behind all of these uh, movements? Who, who is it that's trying to uh, implement this, um, you know, euthanasia across the country? Um, you know, these are uh, activists uh, who want to see our... Um, you know, I suppose the general pro-life Judeo-Christian values of Australia weakened. So if this could be achieved in any state, uh, that's great. They'll look to do it in the next state. Um, and uh, people who are suffering are often confused and look for direction from their medical practitioners. Let's pray that they are directed towards palliative care and not towards assisted suicide. And what always concerns me is this idea that uh, people are assumed to have altruistic, uh, all good feelings about their relatives, whether they be ageing relatives or people who may be vulnerable. But these issues of coercion, uh, you mentioned elder abuse. Another one that comes to mind uh, is this idea of inheritance impatience. Uh, those uh, children of uh, elderly parents who are thinking, uh, wouldn't it be nice to have my inheritance right now? These sorts of things, you can't really legislate those. These are uh, elements of where human nature lets us down. Uh, what are your thoughts here for just how uh, crazy this idea of voluntary euthanasia is? And I know that Western Australia is looking at similar laws as well as in Queensland. Uh, when this starts, it looks like it'll be like you know the bursting dam, and, uh, and these things will be wanting to be embraced all around the country. Very serious stuff, Dan. We, we've got to care for people who are in aged care, for people who are in their their dying years. Um, I I wonder. I, we see uh, this weekend that euthanasia advocate Dr. Rodney Syme uh, is a recipient of a Queen's Birthday honour. Um, you know, here is a gentleman who has. Um, you know, in his own words, um, being involved in a life of crime to help others, um, you know, uh, kill themselves. And, um, you know, he's been providing Nembatol uh, to people who have been, you know, using it, um, you know, to, to kill themselves. It just strikes me that we're at a funny stage in our culture. I think funny is not the right word. Where somebody like Dr. Rodney Sign is in the recipient of a Queen's birthday honour, um, that uh, value... Uh, elevating that value is concerning and it concerns me that that's been done on the eve of the implementation of assisted suicide in Victoria. I think we might call it a disturbing time in our culture and Dan Flynn always so appreciate your insights. Dan is the Victorian State Director of the Australian Christian Lobby. I point listeners to the ACL website, Australian Christian Lobby. It's acl.org.au. And to keep up to date with these sorts of issues as they're unfolding and Christian commentary on these issues, uh, issues like Israel Folau, issues like the religious freedom and what's coming with the new parliament. And, of course, uh, in the case of Victorians, and for those around Australia who are really concerned about voluntary euthanasia coming in on June the 19th in Victoria, you might like to check out those sorts of resources, those articles that help us understand these things from a Christian dimension. Dan Flynn, thanks for being with us once again today on 2020. 
That's my pleasure, Neil. Thank you. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.